Hello, I'm Todd Starnes, lead pastor of Odessa First Assembly, and I'm grateful that you joined us today. I hope and pray that this message will encourage you and bless you. And remember, you can find more information about us at odessafirstassembly.com. God bless you. So I just want to just read a few uh, verses to kind of kick things off here this morning. But uh, one out of Psalms, one out of Colossians, and one out of Ephesians. And so Psalm chapter 34 and verse 1 says, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. In Colossians chapter 3, one of my favorite verses out of Colossians, a couple of verses here, 16 and 17. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts. Angela has had an aunt. She's passed away uh, now, but uh, Melvana Lakey, and she was such a special lady. But it, sometimes it was a little awkward. She loved, I, she really took this verse literally and, and uh, uh, just almost as a, a prayer, or even kind of even a prophetic nature, she would sometimes just get right there with you and just sing a song over you. And uh, sometimes I miss that, singing spiritual songs and hymns. Thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father through him. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 19 and 20. Addressing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs singing and making melody to the Lord with your heart. For those of us, if you're like me, and uh, maybe uh, you don't sing on tune so often, you can make a melody with your heart, giving away, giving thanks always for everything that God, the Father, and the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We have to remember that our attitude should be rooted in God's character. And like I said last week, that you know, we worship God for his character, and we're thankful that his, you know, the things that he does is also based upon his character, but we worship God on his character. And so that's kind of what I thought of this morning, is just taking a few moments and to point out just a few things about God's character that maybe as you're there watching online with your families, you can just kind of uh, give thanks together and give thanks to God for. And one, I think, is an obvious one, is God's love. I am thankful for God's love. In 1 John chapter 4, verses 7 and 8, it says, Blessed, beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Verse 8, anyone who does not love God does not know God, because God is love. And we know the power of that. I say this so many times, but that, uh, that part of the love of God is one, those attributes is that you know, he's even in all of his characteristics, but we're, of course, grateful for the love that God has for us. A.W. Tozer, um, he once said, nothing God ever does or ever did or ever will do is separate from the love of God. Everything that God works, does, operates in our life is, is rooted and based in his love. There is much been said that could be said about God's love, but I think uh, one is... One thing that could be said, I just, just want to share just very quickly, is it's one of my absolute favorite hymns, but it's the love of God. And it says this, and, and some of it, I'm not, not the whole song, but I just want to share some of it. The love of God is greater far 
than tongue or pen could ever tell. It goes beyond the highest star and it reaches to the lowest hell. The guilty pair bowed down with care. God gave his son to win. His erring child he reconciled and pardoned from his sin. One of the verses says this, Could we with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made, were every stalk on earth a quill and every man a scribe by trade, to write the love of God above would drain the ocean dry, nor could the scroll contain the whole, though stretched from sky to sky. Oh, love of God, how rich and pure, how measureless and strong. God bestows his blessings without discrimination. And everything that he does is rooted, based in his love. A second thing I thought about is God's patience. I don't know about you, but I'm grateful for God's patience. There was a, uh, a Christian band uh, kind of back in the day, I guess, when I first started serving the Lord called New Song. Maybe some of you recall that. But they had a song that was titled, I'd Start All Over on Mars. And uh, it goes something like this. Sometimes I wonder how you could ever love us. We're never satisfied no matter what you do. You send the rain, we complain there's no sunshine. Yet every breath we take is all because of you. Only heaven knows the pain we put you through. I don't know what you're thinking, Lord, but I know what I would do. I would start all over on Mars, create a world that is far away from our ungratefulness. If I were the God that you are, I would be tempted to walk away, wash my hands of this crazy mess, make a world that would follow your heart. I'd start all over on Mars. I, I am grateful for the patience of God. And quite honestly, most people, it seems like in our culture today, are very quickly just to write somebody off when they've done something or offended them or um, hurt them in some way. But our God is the God of the second chance. And I know many of us have experienced with that. We need to learn from the one who is patient with us and learn to be patient with others. If you are, whether I'm with parent and child or spouse, I think one of the most uh, rich portions of Scripture is Ephesians chapter 4. Just really the entire chapter talking about how we treat one another, how we treat our spouse, how we treat our children. But in the first two verses in Ephesians 4, 2, 1, and chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, it says, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you've been called. And verse 2 is the key here. With all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing one another in love. And kind of what this is telling us is sometimes um, our patience may run thin with people and you know, we get, maybe uh, we get a little short, we get rude, we get sharp, or something like that. And that's not at all what this scripture is describing. Aren't, I mean, we know the Lord doesn't do that with us. And so let us represent the Lord in how we treat one another, and in patience and gentleness and bearing one, one another in love. Another thing that I'm thankful for that I think we're all thankful for is his salvation, the salvation that he's given us. John Calvin said this. He was a man, you know, uh, years ago, and he said, Since no man is excluded from calling upon God, meaning that all can call upon the Lord, all who call upon the name of the Lord, they can be saved. The gate of salvation is open to all. There is nothing else to hinder us from entering 
but our own belief. Jesus has paid the way for salvation, for reconciliation to the Father. The Bible says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he sent his one and only Son, that whoever believed in him would not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus has paid the way, paid the price, taken our sin upon himself, washed us of our sin. The Bible says, John the Baptist makes the declaration in John 1, 29, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. We can be thankful for our salvation. Paul, I think, writes it in a very short sentence in a very powerful way in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 15. Thanks be to God for his inexpressible gift. 1 Corinthians 9, 15. That is a powerful, powerful promise. And maybe this Thanksgiving we could spend some time and just thank God for the patience that he's had with us, the love that he has shown us, the salvation that he's given us. Something else we can be thankful for is the sovereignty of God, his sovereignty. Um, guidance, uh, J.I. Packer said this, Guidance, like all God's acts of blessings, are under the covenant of grace. Think about that for a moment. Guidance, like all of God's acts of blessing, are under the covenant of grace, is a sovereign act. Not merely does God will to guide us in the sense of showing us his way that we may tread it, he wills also to guide us in the more fundamental sense of ensuring that whatever happens, whatever mistakes we may make, we shall come safely home. Slippings and strains, there will be no doubt, but the everlasting arms are beneath us. We shall be caught, rescued, restored. This is God's promise. This is how good he is. What we know about God's sovereignty, and when you partner with his love and his patience, that God's love and his acceptance of you is not based on how much you do right, nor any disapproval because of how much we do wrong. Why? Because God is love. He is these things. Of course, you know, we read in, in Romans and Paul talks about how, you know, we don't take advantage of that. We don't sin all the more uh, that grace may abound. We don't live life that way. But we understand in his sovereignty, no matter what we do or how we do things, that God is in control. And his acceptance or blessing upon us is not based solely on how much we do right or how much we do wrong. And also his sovereignty tells us that he independently reigns. He sovereignly reigns. There is no one that can tell him how to do things. And uh, we are grateful for that. I, last week I, we kind of went through Job and talked about those five sayings of Job. And in Job 42 two. Um, one of my favorite scriptures in the book of Job, it says, I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. No purpose of God's can be thwarted in your life. I think it's a powerful, powerful promise. Another thing that we can give thanks for is God's wisdom. It also says in Job, excuse me, it also says in Job in chapter 12 and verse 13, with God... Our wisdom and might. With God, our wisdom is might. He has counsel and understanding. Nothing takes God by surprise. He is the all-knowing one. He's omniscient. He's all-knowing. 
And he is in control. He's sovereign. All these come together. His love, his patience, his salvation that he's given us, his, his uh, wisdom, his sovereignty. It all comes together and we can see it at work in our life and his hand upon us. And so I would say, and we read it through the Proverbs, that if there is a situation, if there is something you're going through, God can give you the direction. He can give you the wisdom. The Bible says for us to call out, to cry out for that understanding and the wisdom. And God has all of it, and he is so willing and wanting to impart it, to give it to you and to your life, to bring direction to your life. And so when we are looking for that, those decisions and, and we're looking and, and, maybe, and we're confused about something, go to the Scripture, go to God and ask Him for that direction and ask Him uh, for that wisdom. Another thing is, is God's mercy, His mercy. God's, Charles Spurgeon said this, God's mercy is so great that you may sooner drain the sea of its water. Listen to that. God's mercy is so great that you may sooner drain the sea of its water or deprive the sun of its light or make the space too narrow than diminish the great mercy of God. In James chapter 12 and verse 13 is one of my favorite verses when it comes, it has a specific statement when it comes to mercy. And in James 2.13 it says, For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And so what's being said right here? What's being said by, by James as he has written this? Uh, judgment without mercy will, will be shown to anyone who's not merciful. I don't know about you, but I feel like that I need mercy in my life. And we see it in uh, the Scripture. In the New Testament, Jesus taught about it. Je- you know, there was the, the man that owed money, and he was forgiven of his debt, but then he went and found somebody who owed him less, and he was harsh upon him. And, uh, uh, and so the, uh, the, the ruler that forgave the, his debt um, threw him in prison, and the judgment was even worse. Listen, I'm going to tell you that in Luke chapter 6, we see that if we give mercy, if we give forgiveness, the Bible says, then we shall also be given forgiveness and mercy shaken down, pressed together, and running over. And I don't know about you, but I need mercy like that in my life. And so what this scripture is telling us, do not withhold that mercy from those around us. We can tend, as humanity, we can tend to be very judgmental and very harsh and very opinionated. But Scripture tells us over and over and over, bear one another in love, be compassionate to one another, lift each other up, exhort each other, have mercy towards one another. And when you, have that, when you give that mercy towards people around you, when you need it, you know what you're going to find? Not just mercy from the Lord, but you're also going to find the others where you need that mercy. They're going to give you that mercy. And so it says, but if you withhold it, you're not going to, when the time of judgment comes, mercy is going to be as sparse as how much as as you gave it. If they continued, and and Paul, and and James is writing specifically in James chapter 2 about the treatment of the poor. And so think about this for a moment. Just kind of bring this together. If they continue to discriminate, if the ones that James is writing to, that they're showing no mercy to those who are less fortunate to them, they would be in danger facing their own judgment without mercy. 
Um, and it's an excellent statement of what we see all through the New Testament. What we do to others, we actually do to God. I want you to, not to seek in just for a minute. What we do to others, we actually are doing to God. And he'll return to us what we do to others. But it says, so we must be merciful because God is merciful. And when we look at the scripture, I mean, just a few verses I want to read. Um, Exodus 34, 6. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. Deuteronomy chapter 4, verse 31. For the Lord your God is a merciful God. He will not leave you or destroy you or forget the covenant with your fathers that he swore to them. Psalm 103, 8. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in his steadfast love. Psalm 103, 13. As a father shows compassion to his children, so the Lord shows compassion to those who fear him. And there are four words of that scripture in James that leap out kind of the end of that. Mercy triumphs over judgment. I don't know if you've heard the worship song um, that speaks about this, a powerful song. But not showing mercy places us only under the judgment of God, but showing mercy places us under God's mercy when it comes to time of judgment. So when God is judging and we've been merciful, what that is saying is, is that God's mercy triumphs over the judgment that we would have gotten. We'll always deserve God's judgment because we can never adequately fully obey God's law. Our merciful action, our evidence, I mean, as, same thing as the fruit of the Spirit, there are the things that marks us as believers. And the mercy that we give is a symbol. It marks us, and it's evidence of our relationship with Jesus. And it's that relationship that vindicates us. We stand before God from whom we know we deserve judgment and upon whom we are depending for mercy. Because of God's character, mercy triumphs over judgment. I want to leave you with one last quote. It's by Arthur Pink, and he said this, Everything about God is great, vast, incomparable. He never forgets, never fails, never falters, and never forfeits his word. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope that this message was an encouragement to you. Remember, you can find more about us at odessafirstassembly.com and also across the social media platforms. It is our prayer that God blesses you, keeps you, sustains you. And if you're ever in the area of the Permian Basin, come and join us at Odessa First Assembly. God bless you.